0: In November, it was Patrick Laine who couldn't stop scoring goals. In December, that role has been transferred to another well-known NHL sniper, and he's 33 years old. Plus, Patrick Bergland is in hot water with the Buffalo Sabres. We have a live look at the walking wounded. We have a big return for Tampa's number one goaltender and tons more on a very historic episode 150, which starts right now. It's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Steve Ellsworth.
1: And Brett Dubuff.
0: Before we go any further, we're going to delve into the Hockey Hall of Fame book of trivia. Brett, are you ready for this week's question?
1: I am ready, yes.
0: All right, question 38, and I'd be lucky to get this one. Here it is.
1: Uh-oh. Several
0: players from hockey's seven-man era, yes, they had a seven-man era, are immortalized in the hall for their play as the team's seventh man on the ice. What was that position? Your options are A, the Rover, B, the half center, C, the mid guard, or D, the quarter slot.
1: Well, the only position I've heard of those four is Rover. So I'm going to go with that. But I have a feeling that's wrong.
0: Well, good thing you went with your gut this time, because you're right. Nice. Woo! Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. I never heard of that nickname before. The Rover. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, I've heard that a little. I think, um, but I, yeah, I didn't know that they is like a seventh man kind of thing. I didn't realize that before.
0: Yeah. So apparently, this position was made famous by uh, guys like Kobe Baker, Fred Steamer, Maxwell, Frank Rankin, and Fred Whitcroft. And uh, Brad Richards apparently called Carlson, uh, Eric Carlson of the Sens, a rover during the 2012 playoffs, uh, referring to his inspirational two-way play. So, well, well, the more you know, I guess.
1: <laughs> yep. Um. Okay. Uh. So that's interesting. All right. So let's. Uh. We're gonna start off this. Uh. Episode with Ovechkin. He's been um. I, th- I think it's safe to say that this is his best um, start to a season um, in his career, in his 13-year career. He's 33 years old, just to get that around. Um, so uh, he has, uh, first off, he, has, uh, he had two hat tricks in this uh, last week um, in a row in two consecutive games. He's also mm-hmm. on a six-game goal streak and here's what's the most impressive thing to me about this whole thing is he has 29 goals right now. Um, that is insane to me because, like, to me, there's, like, an echelon of, like, you know, at the end of the season, if you have 30 to 40 goals, I'm like, that's that's like a pretty good, uh, you know, season for a goal scorer. If you have 40 mm-hmm. goals, that's around elite and then like, if you have 50 goals, like no one has had 50 goals. Um, I don't think anyone had 50 goals last year, but-
0: Nobody did last year.
1: Um, so, so just the fact that he's one goal shy of 30 goals, and it's not even January, is insane to me. Um, and uh, so he's been playing his best hockey just from that perspective. Um, he has 29 goals, 14 assists, 43 points. I'm looking here at the projections. Um, so if he stays on this pace for the entire year, that would mean that he has uh, he would have 74 goals, um, 36 assists, and 110 points um, in 83 games, 82 games. I don't know what the record is for most goals in a game, but I imagine that's very high up there, especially now in this era. Um, I'm sure it was it happened a lot you know in the 80s when scoring was very high but um, it seems like now uh, there isn't you know because we just mentioned like no one even got 50 last year Mm -hmm. so so this is like on the verge if he keeps this up for the entire year he's on verge to being the best you know this is like the best season in a long time because just purely because, like in this era, it's hard to find it's fi- hard to find goal scorers. And like, you know, if he wasn't a Hall of Famer before, I, you know, I think, I think he it uh, he is now. Um, obviously, um, but it just adds to his legacy that like the year after he won a Stanley Cup at 33 years old, and he, like he, he like has, he's on the verge of of uh history basically um so yeah what are your thoughts about this and then we can talk about if he can sustain it
0: so um let's take a look at his season tools before we get into how mind-boggling the six-game goal streak is uh tied for eighth in nhl scoring uh when i checked last night with mitch marner and braden point 43 points uh like you mentioned 29 goals in 32 games five clear of buffalo's chess skinner for the nhl lead yep um eight power play goals tied for third with calgary sean monahan uh 129 shots on goal sixth most amongst nhl scares this season trailing only jack eichel nathan mckinnon tyler sagan patrick kane and david pasternak amongst nhlers with at least 70 shots on goal he sits fourth behind point shifley and skinner for best shooting percentage at 22.5 percent Um Average time on ice per game, 21 minutes and 8 seconds. That's 11th highest amongst NHL forwards. And the only other guys uh, that play for that have averaged a higher time on ice than Ovechkin that have scored at least 20 goals are Mark Scheifele and Nathan McKinnon. So as usual, uh, like any other season, Ovechkin stands above the rest. Um, Then you get into the six-game goal streak. Um, Only needed nine shots to score those... Uh, six goals. Those back-to-back Hatcher games. He had nine shots combined um, during that six-game stretch. Ob scored ten times on twenty-nine shots. Average time on ice of twenty-one minutes two seconds. Just in the NHL's top twenty amongst forwards. So that's a shooting percentage of thirty-four point five percent, which is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get into the stats where oh when was the last time someone did what Ovi just did well 14th player in nhl history to score consecutive hat-tricks or on more than one occasion in his career he's done it once before uh and the last guy to do it was alex Kovalev in 2001 um he's recorded a hat-trick against 14 different nhl teams in his career um third NHL player to score 28 goals in his first 31 games since 93-94 the other two names to do that were Mario Lemieux and Jaromir Jager and you know Alex Ovechkin is on his game when he has more goals this season than Carolina's bottom three lines combined um Um, so I could go on uh, about his point streak which he's actually scored in 12 of those 14 games but I'll I'll probably talk about it um somewhere later in the podcast but we're taking a look at alex ovechkin's numbers and again like you said he's doing this at 33 years of age he he's he's had several good nhl seasons and this is how good i found this stat on twitter from buffalo hockey central jack eichel is on pace for 100 points and 365 shots this season Only two players have completed such a feat in the post-lockout era, and none since 2010. Jaromir Jagr did it in 2005-2006. Ovechkin did it in 2007-2008. Ovechkin did it again the year after, and he did it again the year after. So Ovechkin got at least 100 points and 365 shots in a single season for three straight years. And in none of those years, he had to start like this. Right. That's how good Ovechkin is right now.
1: Yeah. So I'm looking here at the uh, record for uh, most single-season goals um, in, a, um, in a single season. Most goals in a single season. Um, the record is, of course, Wayne Gretzky, who had 92 goals in uh, 81 and 82. Uh, This list basically is just Wayne Gretzky, Brett Hull, and Wayne Gretzky again, um, of course. And I see here that um, Alex Ovechkin's highest goal total total in a single season was 65 goals um, in uh, uh, 2007-08 when he was uh, 22 years old. So (laughs) a couple of years later He's on verge to be to uh, uh, getting seven, he's on pace to break that uh, 74 points uh, goals if he uh, gets gets to that mark, um, if he continues his pace basically. Um, I also uh, forgot to mention, and you didn't mention either, that Ovechkin officially has the most power play goals with one franchise in NHL right. history. Um, So, of course, it's like it's been a thing for a long time now where um, during a power play, Ovechkin has this like slot where he's on the circle and it's always like Backstrom who passes to him. And he always he always scores from that point. So um, it's impressive that way. Um, I think it's just it's it's amazing to see this kind of stuff because it's, like, first off, he's 33 years old, and we never expect it. Like, you know, usually um, when when that happens, you know, players, when they hit the 30 age threshold, it's like they usually decrease, um, you know, their their abilities or they have to change some things. But now he, like, he won a Stanley Cup last year season so he has no pressure really to do that um like if this was happening and the caps didn't win the playoffs we'd all be like well he still hasn't won the big one you know so yeah. um so that's like so now we can even marvel at his abilities even more because it's like well he has a cup you know um, yeah, there
0: are no there are no outside distractions right. to his name we can just sit back and and truly appreciate his greatness more and
1: also like he uh he just had his daughter too um so that also adds to everything as well so it's like it's just incredible that he you know we're we're literally watching like I'd say he's a top 10 player of all time now um <laughs> purely if he can keep this up for the whole season it's uh it's, it's it's amazing to me how he's he's able to do this he's just fun to watch too um so mm-hmm. um so good for him um also another things to know because you mentioned this before because i i guess that we're going a little bit off track but like jeff skinner has 24 goals line a has 23 goals um mm-hmm. mckinnon shifley Point, Landeskog, and Pasternak all have 21 goals, uh, Monahan, Tavares, and Pavelski have 20 goals, so that means that 11 players, um, including Ovechkin, uh, they all have more than 20 goals and it's not even January yet, <laughs> so they, have, and they all have like 50 more games to play. Um, so it's just very clear that scoring has... I don't know exactly why this has happened, but it's just it's just proof that scoring has gone way up this year. Um, you know, I feel like we said this last year that scoring was up, but, like, last year the only two players who got more than 100 points was, like, uh, Kucherov and, Mc, and McDavid. Um, right. Yet this year it seems like and as, as we mentioned, I think the last year the highest goal score was like had like 40, 48 goals or something like that. So um, it's just like, I guess it's a good sign that the scoring is way up. Um, it also does feel like a lot of goalies have been, as we'll mention later on, it just seems like, you know, goalies are not as good as we thought they were um, compared to last year. Like, it's really, like, Rene has been consistent, and so has Vasilevsky, but Hellebuck hasn't been as good as we thought he would be this year. Um, you know, uh, uh, Koskinen's been good, and Rene, um, as I mentioned, you know, there's been a couple of other ones, uh, Ben Bishop, um, Gibson. Um, but it does seem like goalie, like goalies aren't, or defense hasn't exactly... Um, uh has been hasn't been as good as as it has been in years past Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know if you have any thoughts on that i know we're going I, i took it in a different direction there but
0: no that's okay um you're not wrong like 11 players i believe those 11 players would also be on pace for 50 goal seasons or certainly close to that which is alarming because like you said we didn't have a single player hit 50 last year yep so the fact that we could potentially have have 11 hitting 50 plus this year um that would probably add further weight to the fact that the scoring has gone way up this year but
1: by the way, so last maybe it's
0: maybe it's just maybe it's just because it's going to those players and it was more spread out evenly last year. That could yep. be that could be the case. But I've I've read some stats that uh, there there have been a lot more goals scored uh, compared to years. So uh, yep. yeah, I I think we can safely say that um, whatever the NHL has done to improve scoring to an extent, it's worked so far.
1: Um, so, I am looking at last year's stats. Eight players um, reached 40 goals last year. Ovechkin, Line, A, William Carlson, Malkin, Stahl, Eric Stahl, Connor McDavid, uh, Sagan, and Anders Lee um, all had 40 or more goals. Ovechkin had 49 goals. So, no one had f- reached the 50 goal threshold, but Ovechkin was was one goal shy of getting there. Um, yeah. Um, do we think this is going to continue?
0: Well, uh, I think we can definitely agree that he could score 50 or 60 this year, but I think at some point Ovechkin's going to look like less of a cyborg. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you remember, Patrick Lynane is near 20 goal month of November. True. If you take a look at his stats from the month of December, he has two goals and five points in nine games, which. Mind you, isn't terrible, Yep. but he's 139th in NHL scoring for this month. His shooting percentage has gone down from 33.3% in the month of November to 8.3% in the month of December. And I will uh, put an asterisk to that stat. Patrick Laine's time on ice has gone up from 17 minutes and 3 seconds. That was his average from November 1st to November 30th to 18 minutes 50 seconds from the start of december to today and he's averaged the fourth most total power play minutes this month as well Mm -hmm. yet his shooting percentage has gone down his goal totals have also gone down you take a look at ovechkin he's averaging 21 minutes and 30 seconds per game this month he's got the 12th most power play total time on ice in december and while the caps have the fifth best power play in the league they rank 22nd as far as total power play time is concerned this season and it should also be mentioned that of the 17 goals i believe 17 goals is the number of goals that ovechkin has scored this month you know that you know how many of those goals were on the power play brett
1: uh how many two wow
0: so 15 of his 17 goals have been even in strength
1: Wow, that's yeah, that's impressive. I didn't know that.
0: So, if he continues to get power play time and the power play gets going and he gets more power play goals, uh he, even even if he doesn't get any kind of power play time, when you look at the the shot that he has, he can he can rip that shot 10 times in one game. And it doesn't matter how many times he does it, at least once it's going to go in because that shot is so lethal. Goalies are helpless. Yeah. Whatever they do, um, it's, it's one of those impossible shots that, you know, it's coming You brace for it as much as you can. And you just hope you can stop it because that shot is so lethal, he can put anything on it and it will find the back of the net somehow Wait, are so we... with, with, with that lethal shot. Anything's possible for a match. Are
1: we talking about Patrick Line or Ovechkin?
0: Uh, well, well, both guys. Both guys, I I think Patrick Line is getting to that point,
1: oh, but you're about I, Ovechkin. I think
0: Ovechkin's is the most polished.
1: Okay. And yeah, it's no, the
0: le- it's the most lethal out of the two right now.
1: Okay, because I see here that uh, Ovechkin has eight power play goals, not two power play goals this season.
0: No, 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 but I mean in the month of December.
1: Oh, in month of- <laughs> in the month
0: of December alone, he scored seventeen goals.
1: But, but two only of them. two
0: of them have been power play goals.
1: Okay, I must have missed that then. Um, Okay.
0: Yeah, no, I I probably should have specified that a bit more. It's okay.
1: No, but yeah, right. you're right. He
0: does have eight power play goals in the season. Yeah. But during this incredible stretch of December, only fifteen, only two of his seventeen goals have been power play. The rest got have it, been even it. strength. Fifteen goals on even strength.
1: Actually, I've seen here that he had one power play goal in the month of December. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Well, there you go. Even
1: more impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Even more impressive. Yeah, um, yeah. No, that that is a sign of a. I mean, he's he's clearly um, up there in history in terms of the best uh, goal scorer of all time. He's up there with like Pavel Burry, Brett Hull, Wayne Gretzky, and all those guys. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it is incredible to watch, and he's he's on another level right now, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, i th- so how many should we predict how many goals do we think he's gonna get by the end of the year
0: uh well i uh, let's see um i don't think it's gonna be 87 although that would be perfectly funny because right because um, of Crosby of the rivalry that him and crosby have had over the years um i don't think he's gonna get past 80. um i'm gonna go with 66.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good number. I mean, that, that fits for Mario Lemieux. Yeah, um, yeah I don't think he's going to get 74 like he's projected to have if he stays yeah. on this pace. But I wouldn't be surprised if he gets around um, like 68 or like 60 or more. Um, but I'm if I had to pick a number like you did... I'm going to say 68. Okay. Um, I, I, I kind of want to watch uh, more uh, Capitals games just purely just so I can see him play because it does seem like he's on another level. Um, mm-hmm. And you
0: just get so amped yeah. watching him because every single goal, he acts like it's his first NHL goal. Like, he's just so happy. He's so
1: energetic. He yeah. gets it fired and up. Even, uh, and even when he... Uh, like he uh doesn't get a uh you know a goal i remember there was a shot a couple weeks ago carrie price uh made this incredible save on him and like yeah uh and then like right after he uh like he fist pumps uh Carey Price, saying like oh that was a good that was a nice save um yeah. so so it kind of just shows how much how like in tune he is to the game where he he's not only like focused on his own his own game, but like he he can appreciate when someone uh, saves uh, one of his shots. So
0: or or when one of his teammates scores, like uh, yeah. one of uh, the Caps young defensemen who made his uh, I don't know if it was his NHL debut, but it was his season debut. Yeah, he gets his first career NHL goal. First thing Obi does, grabs the puck and brings it to the bench.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean I I was just more referring to I remember back when Ovechkin and Crosby were the two exciting rookies and you would have yeah. to like, I would like watch every Penguins and Capitals game. I think I'm close to doing that again where I'm watching Ovechkin just because I like watching him play. It's been a while since that's happened, I feel like. I mean, I guess I feel the same way about uh, McDavid, Line, a, Eichel, and Matthews, but um, I, you know, now I'm feeling nostalgic for those guys. Um, now,
0: don't quote me on this. I'm pretty sure this Wednesday, Penguins and Caps go at it.
1: Um, I can look that up while uh, I think you go first for these top – oh, no, I go first for the uh, top three. Um, okay. I'll, I'll look at that when I um, –
0: Yeah, when you get to, when you get to me, um, fact check that stat. I'm pretty sure yeah. while updating my lineup, I saw Matt Murray was going to have to deal with Ovechkin this week. Okay.
1: So. That should be a fun game then. Um, yeah. Let's see. Here. Okay. So, anyways, uh, speaking of that, we're doing a top three, bottom three, or power rankings. We we're still, uh, we did call it power rankings, but I think we're gonna change it to top three, bottom three, because that's more accurate to what we're doing. Because we're not, you know, we're not listing every all thirty one teams. We're just doing our top three uh, best teams that we think are um, right now, and then the bottom three. But I guess it's yeah. it works both ways. So, anyways. So I have first for the top three. Um, I so I've kind of been um, on this team that my top team is. Uh, I've kind of like haven't really put them in my top three list, even though they have stayed up there. But they've just been playing too well right now that I I can't I can't avoid them, and they're my top team even. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets um, they are on a five game win streak right now Um, I I was hesitant the only reason why I didn't necessarily put them up uh, beforehand before today was mostly because I don't think Hellebuck is um, up to par to compared to what he was last season and we but like that's the thing, though, is that I th- I feel like he's on the verge of getting back to form, uh, back to what he was last year. And um, and even still, like, Laurent Boursois, uh, the backup, has been uh, very good um, in his stead. Yeah. And so that, like, allows Hellebuck to get some rest, um, which is something that the Jets didn't have last year. But I... Um, but like even still, when Hellebuck struggles or when Bourgeois tr- struggles, you know, you still have like Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Patrick Line, Connor Kyle Connor, Bufflin's back. Ellers has been getting going now. It's like it's a murderer's row out there. So um, so yeah, I think the, they're my top team. They're also on a five game winning streak, and they beat uh, the Lightning last uh, yes last night. On Sunday, um, and and they, you know, they eked out the win. It looked like they were gonna lose it, but it just showed their mental strength that they were able to win that week. Um, speaking of the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, they're gonna be my second team, um, in, or they're gonna be the the second team here. Uh, they've been, uh, you know, Vasilevsky has returned. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that later on. But they were on like an eight-game win streak before uh, they lost to Winnipeg. Um, but I felt like, uh, wait, was it an eight-game? No, it was a nine-game win streak. So um, I find that kind of cool uh, to say the least. I remember we talked about if Stamkos was not going to get going or not. Um, and it looks like he's he's gotten going. He now has 16 goals and 35 points in 34 games. So I think it's pretty it's pretty safe to assume that he's been been getting going, um, or he's you know we don't have to worry about him anymore. Uh, Braden Point and Kucherov have even been even more phenomenal. Um, so um, so good for them, and and especially now that they have Vasilevsky back. Um, I do kind of want to see uh, what Hedman. Uh, is, uh, like, it seems like Hedman hasn't been Headman like this year, Um, so I do want to see more out of him, but but even still, it's like, you know, that's a sign of a good team when your best defenseman, arguably the best defenseman um, in the league um, hasn't been as good as he usually is, um, and they're still, like, winning games, and they're still on top of the team, so that's just a sign that they're they're, they're, they're going, um, they're moving along. And then my last team, um, or my third team here is Washington. Uh, they're also on a five game win streak. Um, we mentioned Ovechkin already. He's been incredible. He's been on a historic run right now. Um, also, uh, I mean, I mentioned beforehand too, with like Backstrom, um, he's still getting going, um, or he's still good. Uh, John Carlson Kuznetsov is back he's uh, he's uh, basically back to form he has 31 goals uh, 31 points in 26 games Um, Tom Wilson has kind of slowed down a bit but but he also, you know, he's uh, he kind of is their like key to success. I feel like I know it's it was strange to say that because like he does have all these dirty hits, but it does seem like ever since he's returned, the Capitals have kind of like us uh, went into a different gear almost. So um, so I guess it, it they used it as motivation to be like, hey, so you're gonna suspend him twenty games, but we, but we have this guy back. And this is a difference maker. So it's like proof that uh, Tom Wilson makes a lot of difference in on the team. Um, and and he is uh, is doing well. Um, yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I hope uh, I don't know. Copley hasn't been as good in terms of their backup. But I think that's a minor worry at the moment. Um, so who is your top three?
0: Before I go to that, I wanted to clarify a stat on uh, Ovechkin. So uh, the 17 goals I got from his um, point streak that has lasted over a month from November 16th to December 17th, Ovechkin scored 17 goals, and I'm pretty sure during that stretch he had two power play goals. So um, I've been looking at a lot of stats and I got him uh, confused, so I'm pretty sure during his point streak... He has 17 goals, and only two of them have been on the power play. So just wanted to clarify that. Okay. Um, so oh, and also,
1: on... I, I can uh, let you know that the, the Penguins and the Capitals play on Wednesday.
0: Okay, great. I thought it was Wednesday Night Hockey. Okay. No, that's confirmed. Perfect. Yep. Uh, Caps are not in my top three, by the way. Okay, uh, interesting. Tampa's my top team. A uh, few of their weapons recently returned, like we mentioned, Vasilevsky. Andre Palat in the Winnipeg game, he returned. Um, he had two points as well um, to start the game. Um, Vasilevsky will mention his return against the Leafs later on. Um, still a top three team in goal scored, near the top 10 in fewest goals allowed. Um, and like I said, uh, they've been able to get by without uh, some of their weapons. Um, they're getting some weapons back now. And while they didn't beat the Jets, they still have a five-point margin on the Flames for first overall in the NHL. That's how good this team is. Um, Speaking of Calgary, um, they're finally getting some respect for me. I have them number two on this list. And I know uh, the Wednesday game against Philly was a gong show in the second period, but I like uh, their style. I like uh, the comeback in the third period, their heroics in overtime from Johnny Gautreau. Um, They're winning in a lot of different ways right now. Uh, The game after against Minnesota, they tightened it up defensively, only gave up a single goal. They won two to one. And then against St. Louis, they used a four goal first period to destroy the blues. So um, for those reasons, um, they're my number two team. And at number three, we have Winnipeg, who have also found ways to win. Um, They were down 4-3 against Edmonton, but uh, they find a way to get it to overtime. Then they went in an overtime, they used more OT heroics, and um, I don't know if you watched any of the game against Tampa Bay, but I really, really hope that's uh, what the Stanley Cup final is going to be, because those two teams were going at it, it was very back and forth, um, the leads would change at various points of the game, one team would score, the other team would tie it. Uh, Same deal from the first period, second period, third period. There were lots of shots on goal. Overtime was insane. It was just so much fun to watch. Probably one of the best games I've watched this year. Um, And uh, the Jets as a team have won nine of their last ten. So um, one thing I will say is the National Predators have been able to get by with some key injuries. They're my honorable mention this week. Um, It's been announced that Arvidsson and Forsberg are going to be out for at least the next three weeks. Yep um and Subban could hopefully return soon um but uh they've won five of the last seven without those three in the lineup and yep. uh kyle teresa has also returned so uh that's good for Nashville. Good they,
1: they still have been with, without some good players yeah nashville is kind of in the same state as the bruins are with all their injuries uh, to key guys but it does seem like nashville has been playing better than the bruins yeah haven't. they've
0: han- they've handled it better as far as yeah. results yeah um, i might also I will give credit in the bruins cre- in, in the bruins sense segment i will give them credit uh, they played some
1: good games this- true um I um, I also wanted to uh, honorably mention Calgary as well. Um, they've been they've been playing well, despite uh, some of their goaltending issues. But you know, they've yeah. been playing well too. Um, so yeah, it's your turn for you go first for the bottom three.
0: Well, the Kings put forth some good efforts uh, this week. Um, the results didn't go their their way. That in the end, they lost all four games. Um, but they're my third worst team, even though they're uh, dead last in the league. Still, uh, they outshot they outshot the Red Wings 43 to 21 in a three to one loss uh, last Monday. Um, they gave up 47 shots against Buffalo uh, the following night, but um, they actually. Had- 40 minutes and uh, they were able to get a point in overtime um, maybe they hang on if they weren't out shot 16 to 4 in the third period but um, that wasn't the case so um, the Sabres ended up winning that game but uh, the Kings put forth a, a decent effort um, against Columbus another 40 plus shots against and a 4 to 1 loss but um, they come back they erase the 3 to 1 deficit against Pittsburgh they force overtime. They get a point out of that. And they also got 40-plus shots on Matt Murray. So um, it might have been four losses in four games, but um, I, I would say they didn't look as bad as I thought. So um, that's why they're my third worst team. Uh, second worst team would be the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, they snapped a losing skid that almost reached 10 games on Wednesday against Pittsburgh. Uh, they beat the Penguins 6-3. to Um... They're also going up against some really tough opponents in the next week or so. They went up against San Jose on Sunday. Um, They're going to go up against teams like Minnesota in the next week or so. Um, They were able to get a point against the Jets on Friday. So um, I give them some slack because they're going up against some tough opponents, and um, they're not really expected to do too much this year, I don't think. So that's why they're the second-worst team. And the worst team, oh, yeah, let's just say it. Philly's the worst team. Oh, wow. um, they laid a major egg on the Western Canada road trip. Seven to one loss to Winnipeg um, last Sunday. Five to three choking display in the third period against Calgary. That led to an OT loss. They lose four to one to Edmonton, and they lose five to one to the Vancouver Canucks, who are suddenly good again. Um, and they were down three nothing within the first 11 minutes or so of that Canucks game. So. Uh, it doesn't matter if the goaltending's have decent or if their offense is showing up to play. They can't stop the pain. They keep losing. They're the worst team.
1: Yeah. Um. <laughs> interesting. I didn't even have Philly in my bottom three. Um. So my uh, my third worst team I have is LA. Um. You know, I remember I was talking. Or last the last time we did this like oh they started to win things it looks like they could turn it around not necessarily make the playoffs but they it looks like they could be in the middle of the pack kind of thing um that's not true they've lost four straight um and all the stuff that you mentioned before i do want to shout out uh alex iofalo who i um the only reason why i know of him was because i um uh, I added You're him in a couple leagues. Team, don't you I do have him in a couple of my leagues yeah <laughs> uh, so that's the, the main reason why I wanted to shout him out uh, he's been very good uh, he's on the top line um, but uh, I believe he has um, I believe he has like four points in the last four games if that's correct um, well in December he has five points oh no he has he has five points in the last four games, so uh, so that's pretty good. Um, he's also on the top line now too, so uh, minor fantasy hockey uh, tips here. Um, someone to stream there. But uh, yeah, you, you mentioned it before, they're still a bad team despite, <laughs> despite that. Um, the second team, uh, which I'm kind of surprised you didn't even put up here, um, I can understand adding Philadelphia here, but I'm gonna put St. Louis, um, yeah. especially since we all we all like thought that they'd be pretty decent. We'll talk about this later on in the show when we talk about Patrick Berglund. But um, you know this this team was they made a ton of off season moves. They went and got Ryan O'Reilly, um, and uh, you know we they have this new head coaching thing. It's just Nothing's happening for some reason. Um, you know, I mean, of course, you can't really uh blame them for all these injuries because Pedrangelo, uh, Fabry, who's you know, he's usually pretty injured. Um, and uh, so the the Pedrangelo particularly has affected them a lot, but like when you expect Jake Allen to be your goalie, um, he you know considering what we've seen of him already um in the last couple of years it's just like he's not a good goalie it's like I know he's been playing five years he's still 28 years old so that's not uh that's that's not old but that's not young either so it's like
0: I I think Jake Allen's a good goalie I just don't think he's good as people think he is
1: I don't even think... Well, okay, that's fair. I don't even think he's a good goalie, though. I Like, I feel like he's overrated in that sense, then. Cause he's yeah, maybe like, a little bit, yeah. Um, like, last year, he had a 9.060 percentage. Like, he, he was good in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. But, like, you know, I just want to see him be consistent. And he hasn't shown that yet in five years in the league. So, um, so I think it's time to, like, get, get going on, like figuring out who's um, how the black uh, the blues are going to uh, replace replace him and all that stuff. Um, so they're my second worst team and then my worst team I have is uh, Chicago. Um, so yeah, you, as you were saying, they uh, you know they lost they they're on the worst uh, losing streak of in the entire league. Um, That's part of it. I also, um, I don't have a ton of confidence in Cam. Now, we will also mention this beforehand, but um, right. They're 1-8-1 in their last 10 games. Um, But we'll mention this in the rapid fire, but Corey Crawford's injured. It looks like he's going to be out long term. Um, I don't have a ton of faith in Cam Ward. I don't have a ton of faith in Anton Forsberg either. Um, So uh, they're in trouble in that sense. And their defense hasn't necessarily been up to par as much as they have been. So I feel like this season is going to be another one of those where they're going to like, you know, where they're just going to be tanking, quote unquote, um, which maybe that's the best thing for them. Uh, yeah. Patrick Patrick Kane. Like and,
0: they're they're a below five hundred team with
1: Corey Crawford. Yeah. He's six fourteen and two this year. Right, and uh, I mean he's also he also has a concussion now, so he may be he may be retired. We'll get to that uh, uh, later on. But like I don't like I mean maybe Jack Hughes is the best thing for them because yeah. I I do like to bring cat. I do like Patrick Kane. Jonathan Taze has uh, has had a bounce back season, but um, it feels like and Jokiharu, um has had his moments too. But I like other than that, I feel like the rest of this team isn't um, isn't up to par. Um, so uh, so yeah, I am wor- I am seriously worried about them. Um, the Flyers I put up here. Um, as a, as an honorable mention for all the reasons that you mentioned before, um, and New Jersey, I did also want to mention that they've they haven't been as good um, this year because Keith Kincaid and Corey Schneider haven't uh, answered the bell like we thought they could um, potentially. Yeah. Um. All right, let's go to the rapid fire. Uh, the first the first item is uh, about Patrick Berglund. He uh, he's suspended indefinitely by the Sabers for a failure to report to the team. There's also a, a something about how uh, there was a deadline for him to um, to submit like teams that he uh, he he doesn't want to be traded to, um, and he didn't report that in either, um, which is just so. Like I didn't even know that there was a deadline. I thought it was just like you know, t- you know, teams have a right to ask uh, for a trade deadline, and then yeah. and then team like the player just like, all right, these are teams I don't want to play for. Uh, let me, uh, you know, all that stuff. So I didn't even realize there was a deadline, and so yeah, I guess like this, it, yeah, if,
0: like some players are asked to like you know maybe submit there're mm. there um, they're no there are teams they don't want to be traded to or teams they'd be willing to accept a, a trade to but I didn't realize there was a deadline attached to that
1: yeah, me neither so it, it is kind of an interesting wrinkle I guess so he's probably getting traded anytime soon but what's uh what we also mentioned pre-show was um he hasn't been that good uh so far, but it may not necessarily be. His fault, he has four points in 23 games, but his average time on ice in those games are were 13 minutes. But last year when he was on St. Louis, he had uh, 16 minutes um, of ice time and had about 26 points in 57 games. So that's not terrible uh, for a depth guy like Berglund is. So um, it does make you wonder like, what's going on. Um, this is a guy that they traded to get from Mick, Mick O'Reilly um, yeah. in the O'Reilly trade. They also got Vladimir Sabaka. I don't think he's been doing well either, but uh, it, you should also keep in mind that uh, the Sabres have the Blues first round pick because of that trade, which is, it could be, I don't know if it's lottery protected, um, but the Sabres do have the Blues pick, which is kind of funny because the Sabres have, are like one of the best teams in this league right now and the the blues aren't um so uh, it could be kind of like another one of those matt duchene type things but anyways it's it's kind of crazy when you trade a guy like o'reilly you would think that you'd want to give the you know give the returns that you got out of o'reilly and make and try to get him to be successful um clearly what they're doing right now is, is working because, you know, Skinner has been incredible. Um, so, Sam and,
0: Reinhardt, I believe, has a 10-game yeah. point streak as well. Well, I was just
1: thinking in terms of off-season moves, like Connor Sherry has had his moments oh, yeah. as well. But, yeah, no, and, like, Sam Reinhardt has a 10-game point streak. Eichel's on another level. Um, so um, so it, it doesn't seem like they need, um, need Superglin necessarily, but... It is weird that, like, you know, this is a good depth guy to have, um, and they're not using him appropriately, it seems like.
0: Yeah, so it's interesting because here's what uh, Sabres coach Phil Housley had to say. Uh, He says, from my knowledge, talking to the medical staff, Berglund was ill, so he handled it that way. Obviously, developed into something different, and Jason Botterill, the GM, and the management are handling that. We are going to focus on the guys in that locker room. We do have some depth. We feel really good about our club. And uh, when asked about if Berglund was all in with the team, uh, he declined to comment. Um, TSN also reached out to Patrick Berglund's agent, Peter Wallen, but no immediate response was given on that front. And uh, you talk about his ice time. I actually dug up some stats on that. It could be one of those things where he's just not satisfied with the amount of ice time that he's getting uh season high was 17 minutes that was achieved back in his third game with the sabers on against vegas on october the 8th uh the november 19th game against pittsburgh was the last time that patrick played 15 minutes or more in a single game uh and there have been five times this season where he's played in roughly 10 minutes or less. He's been healthy scratch before. He's missed a couple of games uh, due to injury. To be more specific, he missed five games. Uh, his lowest time on ice last year with the Blues was 1236. He's played less than that eight times this year already. And for a guy that's uh, making $3.85 million on average over the next three years, um, I probably wouldn't be too happy with that, but... Um, I, I I I'm not Patrick Berglund. I don't know if I would have handled the situation any different. Um, I don't know what the situation is. There's only so much that we do know, but uh, it, it there's it, it appears that um, either both um, Berglund and the organization are at odds with something, yep. or um, there's more to this story. But yeah, uh, you know, rightly or wrongly, he's uh, been suspended. He hasn't reported to the team uh and if it was if it was something um related to his mental health and probably there would maybe he would be put placed on personally so i don't think it's mental health or anything like that
1: right um yeah that's a good point um so i am looking at his contract he's uh he has a 3.8 annual average value that goes up till twenty twenty one twenty two 22 season um So I feel like he might be on the verge of being traded. I'm not sure uh, what team will, I'm sure a team will like have to look into like what this, the the main reason why he was suspended because the Sabres didn't mention why he was suspended without pay? Yeah, they just
0: said failure to report to the right.
1: team. Right. So, so it does make it like it because of all of this stuff. It it does bring some red flags um, if if the Sabers were to trade him. But it, I I am immediately thinking like, oh, this must mean that the Sabers are gonna trade him um, pretty soon. But who knows if that's actually gonna happen? Um, also, like three point eight five million um, is kind of. Uh, Like, it's like a kind of a high number for someone who's a depth guy. Um, So, uh, I don't know. We'll see if he, he, um, if they could even get a return that that works for both teams. But um, I'm immediately thinking that he's probably going to get traded pretty soon.
0: It should also be mentioned that uh, the holiday trade freeze starts December the 19th. So if he's not traded by then, it'll probably happen after the Christmas break, just an FYI.
1: Okay. Uh, now we go to injuries. Um, we have a lot this week. Uh, Chris Letang, um, it looks like he's going to be a game time decision uh, tonight, but uh, so he might play uh, when this episode is out, but will uh, he uh, ran into a, a Bruins player on Friday um and but it, it like he was like watching the puck and then i i forget who the bruins player was but um it looked like he he wasn't able to finish the game um but it looks like he's gonna be a game time decision right now we i think it was in a lower body injury um so we'll see if he plays though it says that he was on the ice for morning skate and it felt good afterwards but we're not sure if that necessi- that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to play tonight.
0: Yeah, and he's been a workhorse for the Penguins, too. He's averaged upwards yep. of 25 minutes in 22 of his 33 appearances. He's uh, recorded seven goals and 25 points in his in his uh, 30 games played this year. Um, so definitely great that he's not at long-term for the Penguins, because that would be a huge loss for them.
1: Yeah, that, that's true. Um, the Yeah, it does seem like he gets injured a lot, though. Um, yeah,
0: he hasn't played a full 82 game season since
1: 2010 2011. Yeah, that's crazy. Speaking of guys who seems like they get injured a ton, uh, Artem Anisimov um, has a concussion. Um, it says that he's day to day, but you, you know with concussions, it seems like he could be out for much longer than that. So um, yeah, that's uh, another thing here uh, for him. Um, Taylor yeah, just,
0: just taking a look at the Crawford situation just the way he got hurt like oh well, I was oh, we'll, we'll get to
1: Crawford in a second I was I was just oh,
0: oh is that is that what you're talking about I I, I uh, will I was so talking about Anmov I, I thought you said Crawford
1: um uh, I I may have said it well, I'll get well first off, I mean we can go to Crawford. I guess. Well,
0: I, I, I'm sorry. I, I Like, when you said the player's name and cut out for a brief second, I assumed you were talking Crawford because he's said uh, discussion.
1: Yeah, yeah. Who,
0: who was it you were talking about?
1: Anisimov, so his teammate. Oh,
0: right. Okay, right. The... Another Chicago Blackhawk that has a concussion. Yeah, Jeez, they've you're had close. Awful luck with concussions.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, we can go yeah. to Crawford uh, next if <laughs> I guess yeah. that's well, a good that's segue. makes because it be a good segue. But yeah, but uh, yeah, Anisimov's
0: been a pretty good um, player for the Hawks, and uh, you know they've they they've needed offense for a while now, so losing him uh, obviously doesn't. Yeah, make.
1: he's also a good two-way forward, so that's also yeah. a loss on that end too um yeah. Crawford has a concussion since we're already there uh yeah. he he suffered a concussion on Sunday it looks like he just like banged his head on the post um it did not look great um this is also Crawford had to um uh, left last season like he left halfway he was injured for half the season Due to another
0: concussion. Yeah, I think
1: it, I think I read like it was like ten days to the the date last year. Like he uh, he had his for his concussion. Um, so so he has another concussion. Uh, Crawford is thirty three years old, um, and as we mentioned, he had a concussion last year. So I do kind of wonder. Um, you know, he's had a great career. I do wonder if this is it for him, though, because, um, you know, I I feel like at this point, I'm sure Blackhawk fans uh, will agree that, like, you know, as much as we want to see him on the ice, um, I don't think he. Uh, it makes sense to put him out there, especially when the Blackhawks are. It looks like they're they're rebuilding, so um, so I don't think it necessarily makes sense to like. Just why even risk having him play when, um, you know, it's always like I feel like health first is the biggest thing. So if he has a, another concussion, um, I, I would rather just be way more safe to him. Um, if the if the Blackhawks were serious contenders, then I'd probably think about it. But um, at the moment, I feel like it's like why bother even putting him in? I think this might be it. Um, however kudos to him if he really wants to play again um, and like he continues to do that then I guess it's fine if he if it's it's his choice overall but um, I feel like this this could be it for him
0: yeah I mean just the way he got hurt like Evander Kane mm-hmm. uh, pushes Dylan Stroman to Crawford Crawford bangs the back of his head on the goal post um, needed a little bit of help getting off the ice um, you yeah, look at his stats this year, 3.28 goals against average, 902 save percentage prior to this concussion, 6-14-2 record, and um, one of the most alarming things is, and um, Dan Carcillo was a former Chicago Blackhawks, so he probably knows a bit more about this than I would, and he's dealt with head trauma himself. According to Carcillo, the Chicago Blackhawks have yet to employ a neurologist to their medical staff. So in other words, an athletic therapist, an orthopedic surgeon, a strength conditioning impact test will attempt to diagnose Crawford's brain injury. That was in a tweet from Carcillo um, uh, um, last night uh, when it happened. Um, And with Crawford, you have a history of post-concussion syndrome. Took him about a year to get over the last concussion. He has a one-year-old kid to look after. He's 33 years old. He's won two cups. He's accomplished a lot already.
1: He's won three Um, cups. Sorry. He's won three cups.
0: Uh, I don't. Was he? No. Uh, no, no. He wasn't a. He wasn't a part of um, the the twenty ten team. I don't think because it was Niemi and UA that were the goalies then.
1: Let me look. I'm pretty sure. I thought he was at least the backup. Well, may,
0: maybe he played and maybe got like a Stanley Cup ring. but Let me look. I, I I don't think he played much if he played that year. Because you're right. Before he was an NHL regular, he did play some. He
1: games played one just, game that year.
0: Oh, he played one game that. Okay.
1: But so you might be, be right the, he, that uh, that might not mean that he played. Um, he played in the playoffs, so he may not have okay. gotten a cup.
0: Okay, so he played an integral part in two. Yeah. Stanley Cup championship teams. At that least. that He's is more accurate. Balls, yes. No, nonetheless. And you're right, if I'm Corey Crawford, I consider retiring now, because at some point, yep. he's going to have to look at livelihood outside of playing in the NHL. I'd rather see him retire young than continue playing into his 40s and battling post-concussion symptoms for the rest of his life, and being deprived of a second hobby and more time with his family. Yep. And every single time I see that in sports, it makes me sick. I really, really hope he calls it quits. Yep. Before something bad happens.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think a lot of people have that same sentiment, and I'm a I'm with you on that. Uh, however, like you know, I feel like if he
0: it's his choice. It's though. It's, it's yeah I, day, exactly. I right
1: don't want to like choice. force. I don't want to force him out. You know, it's just yeah. like so. Uh, if
0: if he thinks it's worth if he thinks it's worth continuing playing, and he thinks he's good to play the game, then all the power to him. Right. But it's just every concussion he suffers there's that risk that it could be 10 times worse. Yeah.
1: It's just more like I look at go- like goalies like uh, Lundquist and Luongo. And I mean, Luongo has his injury history as well. Um, but like Lundquist is still going and he's almost 40 years old. So I still feel like even when he's 33 years old, that's still like relatively young uh, for goalies. So um, I still feel like he may have something in the tank, but... Um. Yeah, he may want to. It is his choice after all, so he may want to consider it. Um. I. But it does look like, uh, this concussion stuff may force him out.
0: Yeah. It. It's one thing if it's like groin or if it's leg injuries, but if it's concussions, that's a whole different thing.
1: Yep. Speaking of old goalies, uh, who are injured, uh, Corey Schneider. He doesn't have a concussion. He has an abdomen um strain uh it looks like he's day-to-day um i found this uh stat the other day that he hasn't had a regular season win in about a year the last time the
0: the, the interesting asterisk to that is he won a playoff game against tampa
1: bay oh that's true so he does have a win in 2018 in the regular season he does not yep his last regular season win was uh, December 27th. Um, he also has one. It's also an asterisk, too, because he has won in like overtime before, but he hasn't had a regulation win um, in a year. So um, oh, okay. but uh, it's also like, um, I guess it explains, like, he hasn't been playing so well this year. He hasn't won yet. Um, in either regulation or overtime. So um, so maybe this is the reason why, is that he's just injured now and they just put him on injured reserve. Um, so there's that. Um, also-
0: he, reco- he recovered uh, from, uh, I think he had an operation in the off season too. So before this year, he was still recovering from something. So. Yeah.
1: Also, uh, Taylor Hall has a lower body injury, although he did practice today. Um, but he was like day to day for most of last week. Um, so that's worth mentioning there. Um, other things, uh, Mike green, um, it looks like he's injured. Um, I think he, let me, let me just pull this up here. He's out three to five weeks, lower body injury. Um, yeah, three to five weeks with a lower body injury. Um, so there's that. Uh, Oscar Clefbaum has a hand injury. Um, he he could be out for a long time. I think they were saying like six to eight weeks for him.
0: Yeah, it was six to eight weeks. He underwent surgery to repair yeah. broken bones in his left pinky finger after blocking a shot. Caleb Jones has been recalled. Yeah. And if you're wondering if he's related to Seth Jones, yes, he. Jones.
1: Yep. Uh, Wait, you cut out there. He's uh, his cousin, right?
0: Uh, no, I'm pretty sure Caleb Jones is the brother of
1: Seth Jones. Oh, they're brothers. Okay. Or, or, it, could,
0: or it could be a cousin. But no, you might be right. He's, re- he's related to Seth Jones in some way.
1: Okay. Um, <laughs> also, um, Clevibom uh, was playing really well before he got injured, so it's kind of a shame that yeah. he uh, he got injured afterwards. Um and then we have uh oh and matt dumba uh it looks like he's day-to-day but it's an upper body injury there's no timetable just yet but it says he isn't expected to play for at least this week so um it could be more serious than that or it could be less serious than that we'll see um and then uh we have it's well there's one injury that's not that big of a deal but uh, in terms of the ramifications of it, it is kind of a big deal. Uh, so Anthony Stollers was put on IR. He has a lower body injury. Um, it looks like Michael Nerverth, um has left the Flyers to join his wife for his birth of his, of their child. So there he's gone from the team for a bit. And Brian Elliott's been injured for a while now, um, and he has a lower body injury. So that means that the Flyers have brought up Carter Hart up to the to the NHL roster, uh, the long-awaited uh, turn to him. Um, it looks like so that means that the Flyers have Alex Lyon and Carter Hart as their two play uh, two goalies um, at the moment. Uh, Incorrect
0: because they sent Alex Line down to La Jai Valley.
1: Oh, did they? So wait, who so are they?
0: Probably their... so. Probably Neuverth is going to be back in time, I would think.
1: Okay, so wait, but their who's there? And that's
0: that's tomorrow against Detroit. I believe is their next game, and okay. by tomorrow we mean Tuesday because recording this on Monday.
1: Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. So it's Nerve Earth and Heart. Um. So yeah. this is it. <sighs> See, this is tough for me because I feel like Nerve Earth. Right, like I feel like, like all these injuries, um, have kind of forced the Flyers' hand, um, in the sense that like it it still makes sense to have Carter Hart playing in the AHL. I just don't want them to rush his development. So it doesn't like I feel like the only reason why he's even up there is just in case uh, Nervous gets injured. Again, um, I would be surprised if he even plays a game. Um,
0: They should sign Scott Foster to, like, a 10-day contract or something.
1: Right, right. They should, like, I feel like it's just, like, it doesn't make sense. He's only, like, 20 years old. Uh, That's very young for him, for a goalie. Um, You know, you don't want to, like, ruin his confidence um, and put him in there, especially when this is, like, you know this has been the best goaltender that we've seen in a long while um so you like you don't want to rush him in you want to develop him properly um and that would take just putting him in the ahl even and he's he's even struggling in the ahl so i don't know uh, I find-
0: actually yeah well his is numbers in the ahl like i took a look at the nine five and two record gaa slightly over three Save percentage around 900 but over his last five starts, he's 4-1-0. His GAA is below two, and his save percentage is very good. So he's starting to pick it up. You're right. But again, the danger of rushing him, especially when he's starting to get into his groove yeah. in the AHL, that's that's the danger the Flyers are running into with Carter. He
1: does, yeah, it's true. He does have a good record. I didn't know that. but. He also has a three oh five GAA and a save percentage of nine oh one. That's right. Not... Which,
0: like I said, in his five starts, has gotten better. But yeah. you know, it's a, it's a stretch of five starts. Right, right.
1: So that's why I I don't necessarily understand this move. But at the same time, it's like, well, Elliot's hurt. Stolarz um is hurt. Um, right. you know, why why not just put Alex Lyon in? Because you you know you have him. Um, you have Nervearth who's coming back. Why not just put Nervirth and, um, and Lion in? Um, so I don't know. Or maybe this is the reason why Hextall got, Hexstall got fired in the first place was because he was, uh, you know, cause he, he refused to put, cause it, wasn't there a thing where like Hextall was all about, um. Like he he didn't want to rush development, or like he wanted to focus. He wanted to focus on his own plan, of his yeah, way. Yeah,
0: he was very he was very set in his plan. But when it came to Carter Hart, I read in a tweet um, that Flyers management and Hextall saw eye to eye with the development of Carter Hart. Oh, okay. So so management Hextall's corner in that in that regard. Okay, it never was mind a then. of other things like maybe getting Joel Quenville, which.
1: Maybe right. or may not happen. Well, we don't uh, want to say the anything about Time to record next. Yeah. but um,
0: it was decisions like that okay. where they um, did. Hextall uh, didn't waver, and um, that's probably what they took issue with. Okay. Well, but never mind in then. Carter, in regards to Carter's development, there wasn't an issue with that.
1: Okay. Well, then never mind. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize that. But like you know, it's still. It seems. It seems so. Like I don't know. I feel like he should at least. Wait on like another year. If he had play, if he uh, if this was like next year, um, in a similar circumstance, then I could understand it. But yeah, um, I feel like it's 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 way too soon uh, to call him up. But I don't. Know, that's yeah. just me. Um, and then maybe, uh, maybe they
0: maybe they have this false hope that their seasons were turning around and Carter Hart can help them. But yeah, like you said, if, if it, like you know, there have been. There have been uh, situations where, um, you know, a young goalie with a bright future gets rushed into a situation. He does great early on, like, uh, I don't know, Steve Mason in Columbus. Yep. But then the rest of his NHL career, he's inconsistent at sometimes he's good, other times he's not. And maybe maybe he, his development uh, suffers a bit and he's not as good as he could have been.
1: Yeah. And that's what I'm worried about. Yep. Um, so uh, players that are returning really quickly here because we're close on time here. Uh, Vasilevsky and Matt Murray returned. Um, they've done pretty well uh, when they returned. Uh, and Zuccarello also returned as well. Um, so those are three big guys for them, um, for all those teams. Uh, but I thought it was worth the mention. Um, uh, at Paul
0: Stastny also returned, and he uh, got uh, two yeah. points. Points against the Rangers in a second game back as well.
1: Nice. Uh, Bruins-Sens segment, uh, you go first here. with
0: Alright. Um, taking a look at uh, Bruins-Sens, oh boy, the Sens had uh, quite the week. Um, they had a respectable showing against Nashville, which we talked about um, in the last episode, so I won't recap that. Uh, so they go to Detroit to face off against the Red Wings on a Friday night chris tierney getting things going with his fourth of the year uh, shabbat makes it two to nothing ottawa thirteen fifty-seven uh, into the first period things are looking good the sends are up and um, then less than two to play in the first period of course glenn denning of all people scores to cut the lead in half two to one sends after 20. in the second dylan lurkin the guy you don't want coming out of the penalty box in on a breakaway snipes it by anderson 14th of the year for larkin and it's tied at two after 40 and i should also mention dylan larkin had eight of detroit's 28 shots in the game because he is a beast uh thankfully mark stone is also a beast he gets ottawa the lead back in the third Barker gets the empty netter sends win for two and then we go to montreal <laughs> another game against the halves and another game that sends lose Um, They didn't do a good job of lightening the workload for their goalie in this one. Anderson stopped 25 of 28 against Detroit on Friday. Mike McKenna had to face 46 halved shots on Saturday night. Uh, To his credit, he did his part and the Sens actually had a 2-1 lead going into the final frame uh, despite being outshot by a 16-3 margin in the second and 28-11 through 40 minutes. But uh, in the third, a Montreal skill woke up with four goals and 19 shots. Sens could only get seven shots towards Gary Price. That's not nearly enough to get it done. And uh, that resulted in Claude Julien's 600th career NHL win as a head coach. Significant because he was the fifth fastest coach to reach that milestone, trailing Scott Bowman, Alain Vigneault, Joel Quenville, and Mike Babcock um and the goals against mckenna actually weren't that bad the cockney goal was an absolute snipe uh the goal from lekinen that was disallowed because the ref thought he dove while shooting and getting hooked and falling on the ice um i I, that looked pretty good to me um thought it should have counted but uh, like i said the haves have a lot of skill uh they're a team fighting for a playoff spot they've picked up seven of a possible eight points against the Sens and uh ottawa's dropped three in a row to the hats in convincing fashion in the past two weeks or so and those divisional games are going to be key in the long run and i know it i may sound like i'm expecting something from ottawa this year but if you're expected to stay in contention and and you're going up against teams like boston toronto and tampa bay those games Against maybe Buffalo, those games for sure against Detroit and Montreal and Florida. You need to win those games. You need to clean house there. Um, so that's obviously an area where the Sens need to live and learn before they get better. Uh on the bright side, Bobby Ryan is back. Uh missed three games with a concussion. Uh he returned against Detroit. The hope is that Mark Borbietsky will be back soon. And um i'm getting some vibes that he could be back uh monday night against nashville so the night we're recording this podcast so uh maybe he's already back in the lineup by the time you hear this we'll see uh christian yaros was also told by pierre dorian to find a place it sounds like the rookie defenseman will be with the Sens for the rest of the season so that's good to see uh eric borg Dofer and stefan elliott have been sent down to belleville both defensemen and uh then we end with some sad news out of team canada as alex formanton sends prospect mia for the entire tournament after suffering a right leg injury in the dying seconds of overtime against the u sports all-star team he could have taken on a leadership role had he made the team he was a big part of their team last year but um this bit of bad news is obviously uh ruining his christmas um and uh setting him back uh, in his ohl season as well because um you know tournaments like this um going back to junior in a pivotal year um it, that's a huge confidence booster for and yep. he has 16 points and 13 games of the night since being demoted so he was on a nice little roll of his own um we don't know yet how much hockey he could miss beyond this tournament uh hopefully not too much Um, and hopefully gets back on the saddle quick. Um, So like I said, Sens host Nashville tonight, Monday night, so we'll recap that next week. Uh, They're in New Jersey on Friday to host uh, the Struggling Devils without Corey Schneider, and then they host the Red Hot Washington Capitals on Saturday. Hopefully Ovi will have cooled off by then and the Sens can get two points from them, and then the Sens begin their Christmas break, hopefully come back stronger than ever.
1: Uh, so the Bruins played uh, twice uh, since we last recorded Uh, they played the Penguins on Friday Um, it was a it was an interesting game Uh, a lot of action the 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 Penguins were wearing like the ugliest uniforms I've seen which is kind of funny
0: they I were know the best uniforms I've ever seen, but they weren't terrible. I guess they're it's... Better, they're certainly better than the Steelers' Bumblebee unis. I
1: hate those. Oh yeah, those are bad. But I don't know. I I guess I like the ones. That, uh, judging from as a fan of a team that also wears yellow and black, um, I don't know. I didn't like. I didn't like their uniforms. I would rather ha- to uh, for people who don't know the Penguins were wearing this like yellow. Um, the the yellow shirt and then they had like a black armband with white underneath um i would rather it be like reverse so it would be like a black shirt and then yellow uh sleeves kind of thing but um i don't know it was one of those things where like towards the end i was like all right it's not the ugliest thing i've seen but i wasn't really necessarily a fan um i don't know it is funny though because like
0: I actually watched this video on Barred Down about uh, alternate jerseys, and they talked about the Pittsburgh one, and one of them compared it to one of those like pennies that you wore in gym class. Oh yeah, yeah. just like <laughs> just like one color, and it's just like a short sleeve yeah. penny.
1: Yeah, it is. And, fun- now I can,
0: yeah. and honestly, I cannot see that now.
1: Yeah, actually, that is a good comparison. Um, but, yeah, it is funny, though, because, like, I was trying to – like, as I was saying this, I was like, imagine if the Bruins wore that. And I was just like, yeah, I'd probably hate those, too, um, if, if the Bruins wore that same kind of uh, – Well, the
0: design, the design doesn't look like anything Boston Bruins. Of course they wouldn't wear
1: it. Well, no, but it's the same color. They They both have this – they both wear black, yellow, and black and gold and white. Um, yeah, same but color it, it's, a, it's
0: a different jersey style compared to, you know, well, you look at the jersey style of the Penguins and the Bruins, like yeah. they have the same colors,
1: but right. the jersey style is completely different. Uh, Well, the Bruins have, like I think one of their winter classic uniforms had like a yellow background, like most, it was mostly yellow. It yeah. looked a lot like that. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but they had one yeah, like no, that.
0: Yeah, don't know, no. but the, the regular Home and Away I'm talking
1: oh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah, gold. yeah. They're a little different, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, Derek Grant uh, gets going on the scoring uh, for the Penguins, of course. Derek Grant, who whoever he is, um, Phil Kessel then gets a goal in the second period. It was a pretty nice uh, goal there to start things off in the second. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't really anything that uh, Halak could do. Um, in that regard, but it was uh, it was a nice goal there. Um, Brandon Carlo gets his first goal um, in the uh, in two years. I think he had. I see. I saw it there here that he had a cold streak of um, like he hadn't scored a goal in like 130 games, and that's the that was the longest cold streak he's um, any player has had. Um, in 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 active history right now so uh um so it's good to see that he uh he's getting going um you know carlo you know is usually just more of a defensive shutdown guy for us but it was like i remember in his rookie season he had somewhat of a scoring touch he'd get in on like the assists occasionally and he would score a couple goals here and there so it was um it's kind of cool that he um that he was able to make it on the score sheet uh, occasionally. Um so it's a good thing to have, especially with all our injuries now. So um it's good to see that. Uh Zach Aston Reese uh had a shorthanded goal that seemed to be like a. I um I feel like uh Halleck should have had that one. Um especially since there was a shorthanded goal, but um like I think he just like flubbed the the save um and that was bad.
0: Yeah, and, and he had quite the game. He actually had two goals, one
1: assist, and yeah. nine shots, which well, led all Penguins. Yeah, I'll get to that. Um, <laughs> Zach, uh, that the other goal was an empty net goal. Um, right. Okay. Uh, Chris Wagner uh, scores in the third, and Krejci uh, then ties things up, um, a, like a minute after. So I was kind of like, "Oh, this is awesome! You know, this is this is great. We're we're doing it." And then Jake Gensel scores. The, uh, this one was the very soft goal, because, uh, like, it was Gensel, like, like, just got the puck off of a face-off in, in our zone, and the, uh, and he just shoots it, and, like, Halleck, like, didn't see it coming, it was just, like, that was something that Halleck should have had, um, and it was, it was annoying there, um, and then Zach Aston reese gets the netting- netter, um, but, yeah, he's been impressive, too, um, he, uh, he's a Northeastern guy too, so that, that will come into play when I talk about the next thing because um, another uh, college-grown uh, player in Massachusetts had a big game on Sunday against us. The Sabres, that's when the Sabres come in. Uh, Jack Eichel had uh, two assists and two goals, although one of those was an empty netter but still it was an impressive empty netters even still. Uh, Jeff Skinner starts things off in the second period to score. Um, that was a nice goal to, uh, to see from them. Um, it looked like um, Rasmus Dahlin had two assists in this game. One of the assist- it seems like Rasmus Dahlin's been incredible too. He may make uh, a run for the Calder. Um, he may make a run for uh, Pedersen as for the Calder trophy now because it seems like he's been um, he's been able to go to like he's figuring out the NHL right now Um, so he's been good it was impressive seeing him play Uh, Steven Kampfer gets a goal to tie things up in the second period Um, yeah it was it was an interesting goal there but um, (laughs) it's weird because Steven Kampfer um hasn't necessarily played a ton uh for us even with all these injuries so it was it was weird seeing if him I on the play wasn't
0: he with the Sens organization at one point
1: um that i'm not sure but I we think got him he was we got him in the adam mcquade trade um last year uh last off season um to the Rangers, so he was previously on the Rangers. Right, but I'm pretty sure before
0: he was on the Rangers, he was with the Sens at some point. Because I'm pretty sure I remember talking about him in my prospects to watch or something like that.
1: I mean, I can I can look at that. I eventually. feel
0: like he was a part of the Sens organization once upon a time. Yep, probably a couple of years ago.
1: Um, and then uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, Eichel scores in the third period. Um, from, uh, Sam Reinhardt and Rasmus Dalin. um, it was a nice goal there. Um, Tori Krug gets another goal. This was one where Krug at- uh, attacked the, uh, the goal, and that was, uh, it was crazy to see that, but, uh, Krejci and Jacob Forsbacher-Carlson get the assist there. Um, and then this was, like, a more of a, like, at this point, I was like, okay, we tie things up, and... Uh, we can actually, maybe we can get a point here. Maybe if we can put them into overtime, maybe something can happen. And then Jeff Skinner scores a couple, uh, minutes later, um, from Eichel and Reinhardt and then Eichel gets the empty netter goal, as I mentioned before. So yeah, Eichel had two, uh, two assists, two goals. Um, Skinner had two goals, uh, Reinhardt had two assists. Um, and Dalen had two assists, so um, it's very clear that like the the recent first round draft picks are doing really well, and the acquisition of Jeff Skinner, that's like the best acquisition. We kind of all predicted that that to be a a big um, like Jeff Skinner was gonna flourish in Buffalo, but it, it's it's very clear that he did. Um, but yeah, the the Sabers are you know not like I just remember in years past where I would always get upset when the Sabers uh, would beat us because they usually like they always play well against us and. Um, yeah, they, were, they would they would always play well, but no one yeah. expected them to do anything. So right, it was right. Just like come on, yeah. we're supposed to beat these. Guys. And then and then this this was the first time where I felt like. Oh, shit, they actually could beat us, and, like, this is, like, a team to be frightened about, yeah, so. Just like, yeah, just, like, I'm not even mad, they're a good team now. Exactly, so, um, I was also more upset about the Patriots loss than the Bruins loss, um, because, <laughs> the, you know, it, was, it was weird, too, because I was watching the Patriots game on the big screen, and then I had the Bruins game on my laptop, so uh-huh. it was, like, uh, it was weird, because I was, like, hopefully the Bruins won't let me down. Like the Patriots have, and then and then like a minute later, uh, Skinner scores uh, the game-winning goal, and it's like, oh, of course. Um, and then
0: Jack Eichel is all of a sudden yeah. on God mode right now. Like he's he's really turned it up in his past six games. I believe He's scored yep. goals in four of those, and I think I think during that stretch he has oh yeah, nine of his twelve goals have come in the last six games. And thirty-three shots with those six games, yeah. And against the Kings on Tuesday, he had like ten shots in that game and almost yep. twenty-six minutes by be- that. So I believe
1: he leads the league Jack in shots Eichel's,
0: on goals. Jack Eichel's starting to turn it up now.
1: Yeah, I think we talked about this when we were talking about the Sabers a couple of weeks ago. But like, yeah. you know, the like Eichel has like a ton of shots on goals, and his shooting percentage was down, and it was only a matter of time when he started scoring goals, and it's very clear that he's. He is getting yeah, going. Almost, so,
0: almost like it was the same conversation with Patrick Laine. And yeah. then he woke up and his right. head was on fire and he started scoring yeah. all over the place.
1: Yeah, he's he's definitely up there now with the Matthews, Laine's, and McDavid's. Um, although I guess McDavid's on another level from those three. but um, Yeah, I
0: think if you get on the McDavid level, you yeah. do that several times in your career and <laughs> like back-to-back-to-back seasons. Right. But um, he, he's, he's definitely... He's definitely showing why he was a top three pick in yeah. that draft. Absolutely.
1: Um, yeah, I would I would put him in the Matthews um level right now. Yeah. Um, uh, this week the uh, the Bruins play uh, Montreal tonight, um, so you'll know the score before I uh, before I do right now um, when you hear this. Um, Anaheim on Thursday. Um, They play Nashville on Saturday and Carolina on Sunday. So a bunch of teams that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we lose to, or I wouldn't be surprised if we beat. Um, I also saw that Bergeron and Chara have begun skating in practice. So that's nice to hear. I don't know, I don't think the timetable is that they're expected this week, but um, um, I think at this point I'd, I'd want them to take their time. Um, I know we kind of do need them still, but um, but I uh, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see. Um, I, I, also I also don't want to rush them. Um, I also heard that Kevin Miller was spotted in a non-contact jersey and that he's okay. a
0: bit ahead of schedule in his uh, yeah. recovery. So that's good.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's weird. Cause like at this point, I'm trying to like, even if we can lose in overtime or lose in shot shoot a, a shootout, like I'll, I'll take it at this point because it's like, we don't have a healthy team. Um, but you know, it, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm expecting the worst, hoping for the best, um, yeah. kind of thing. So kind of
0: like, uh, kind of like the Sens Yeah, for but the past years, so. It's a little
1: different. Cause like, like this is only a temporary feeling because like once I get Bergeron back, once we get Bergeron and Chara back, I'll be like, all right, we should be winning every game now. Um, so, um, so at that point. But um, yeah, at the moment, I'm like, whatever. I am. It's probably
0: more painful for you yeah. because your team's expected to do something.
1: Mine exactly. Isn't. Um, I am curious though because they have put Krejci and Pat on the Pasternak and Marchand line. And I mm-hmm. do wonder if maybe they should, like, when Bergeron gets back.
0: Yeah, ease him back in and
1: keep yeah. Krejci on there. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I was thinking you put, because that's one of the Bruins' biggest problem is that they only have one good line. So it's like, you know, Krejci is a good center, but if you put if you put Krejci with Marshawn and Pasternak and then you put, like, Bergeron yeah. with DeBrosk when he's back, And like Donato or something, then because Bergeron can like you know can be dependent on his own line, um, and then and then you do that, or what you could do, um, and this is kind of crazy, and I think they've done it before, but you put the Canadians and the Czechs on uh, separate lines, so you put Pasternak (laughs) and Krejci on a line, and then you put Marchand and Bergeron. And it doesn't even matter who the other winger is on either line because it's like you have four good players um, who have good chemistry together. Um, I think I think I would like to see that if they put like maybe break up the lines a little bit. Um, as as good as the Bergeron Marchand and Pasternak line is, I would I feel like it would it would make sense just organizationally speaking to uh, separate that line uh, when Bergeron is healthy again. Um, mm-hmm. In other news, uh, now, um,
0: before before um, you wrap up the Bruins segment, uh, you also had something to say about Jack Stanika right? Yeah, no,
1: I was about to get, it. I was literally about to get to that.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm a master at foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because actually, it, you, I mean, yeah, uh, you kind of ruined my segue though. But speaking, <laughs> uh, I guess I'll like say then this
0: once an episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> It's is true. Anyways. Since I was talking about line t- combinations, uh, yeah. Jack um has, uh, according to Bob, he's he's been on the. I don't know if he's officially made the team because I was trying to look. I look. It looks like Canada has made their official roster, and Jack stanica isn't on there. But I also saw that like he was put on a line with Morgan Frost and Alexis Lafreniere. Um, who's the 2020 projected first overall pick? Um, and a very good one at that. And yeah. a very good one, yeah. Um, and then and Max uh, and Morgan Frost is also a very good uh, forward as well. And that was supposed to be the top line with Jack Seneca there. So I was all excited about that. And Bob McKenzie even said that he was the. It was very clear, like he had a quote that said that it was very clear that Jack Seneca was the best prospect. In that practice, by far. Um, however, like when I saw other people who are like other scouts, and um, and I'm looking here at the Canadian team roster, uh, Jacksonica isn't even on here. So maybe he's just like the thirteenth forward in case a player gets injured. Um, and it looks maybe. like Joe Valigno is in instead of him. So, I don't I'm know if he's. I'm pretty sure he hasn't been cut because they made a series of cuts. He survived the first uh, round.
0: He survived the second round. And I believe they cut one more fourth before they make their roster, but okay. they haven't done that yet. Okay. So, I'm pretty sure for now he's still with the team.
1: Okay. So, anyways, I'm trying to like. So, like, I am excited that Bob McKenzie said something like that. Um, and it does seem like he was playing really well. He's been playing really well in, in Oshawa um his OHL team. Um but so I am so I don't I'm not sure if he's gonna make the team, but in any rate, like I don't I was telling this to Steve. I don't think the um are off air. I don't think the Bruins the the last time the Bruins have had a prospect in the World Juniors is Charlie McAvoy a couple of years ago. Um and I think the the Bruins don't usually get a lot of like prospects into the world juniors so i was like i'm trying to temper my expectations here because i i'm not sure if he's going to make the team um despite what bob mckenzie has said so i i do hope if if jackson nika makes the the team i will watch almost every canadian team which you know is kind of a crazy which is crazy thing for me to say as an american who hates team canada whenever they play But I I will watch Jackson Nicka because I am am definitely hyped up. And there was reports that, like, I remember we were talking beforehand a couple months ago even, that I was thinking, like, because it's it's time to start thinking about who's going to be Bergeron's replacement um, as the top line center. And, um, you know, there was reports that, like, JFK, Forsbacher Carlson, um and Trent Frederick would probably be competing for that role, um and then um, but then I saw someone like another scout. Uh, I think, I don't know if you, uh Kirk Ludecki, who's a uh, big, uh, yeah, I've, heard, I've heard the name. Yeah. He's like a I've big time. He's really. like very knowledgeable about Bruins scouts. I think he even was one at one point, um, but like you know, Jackson Nickas Ceiling is a one center, is a like a one C, and whereas like Forzbacher Carlson and Frederick are both their upside is like being a two C, so so it's more. Um, so that's what I'm curious. So that that must mean that Sonica has a higher um, upside than the other two, um, which I find kind of exciting. So I hope. Um, I do kind of want to see uh, if if it would be it would be a great thing if Jackson Sonica makes the team and makes an impact because it would just show like especially since Seneca was a second round pick in 2017 um, and that was like you know the Bruins I mean other like I guess Pasternak and McAvoy and DeBrusque. Those are those are Bruins hits in terms of first round picks, but everyone else um, was either traded, like Tuka Rask, or like were, you know, second rounds or third round picks like Bergeron, Marchand, Krejci, and all those guys. So um, it is kind of like cool that um, a second round pick um, like that can. be, It's kind of like a hidden gem. It's it's kind of cool um, to, to see if he can make it. Um, and be an uh, an effective uh, first line center. Um, so I'm yeah, excited about the, that. Yeah. Yeah,
0: sorry. I'm 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 happy for your Bruins because um, with with my sense uh, they're pretty fortunate as far as Team Canada goes. So yeah. They've had a lot of good players play on that. Mark Stone played in it one year. Uh, Curtis Lazar led them to World Junior gold one year. Right. Uh, Foremanson played last year. Shabat. Um, Play last year the year before yeah it was the year before um uh bernard docker tried out for the team didn't make it this year right. um so they've 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 gotten a lot of uh looks from team canada whether it was trying out for the team or making the team and making a, an, a, an impactful statement on the team so um, the Sens have been pretty fortunate with that, but uh, I don't think your Bruins have had that same luxury. So it's, True. it's, it's nice to see a Bruins prospect up well, for Team Canada. Be- and we'll, we'll be interested to see how well Jackson unique affairs. Yep.
1: Yeah, um, I believe Bergeron uh, made was on the World Junior team way right, back when Yeah, when, when you
0: had that powerhouse. Yeah, okay, yeah. How um, going I forget that? Like, that, that team was monster. That was a team that
1: had Crosby, right?
0: Yeah, they had Crosby, they had Perry. They had, they had everybody. They had yeah. Dion Phaneuf, I'm pretty sure, as well.
1: And also, I'm looking here, too, that uh, Brad Marchand that, that, made... That,
0: that team got me into the World Juniors. Really? Like, I, I watched the World Juniors sporadically. Yep. I didn't really know what the World Juniors was before that tournament. Yep. I've been gripped to that. I've been looking forward to that tournament since that massive team in 2005. Yeah,
1: I, I guess it's different here. Now I'm looking at whether other guys have made it or not. Uh Krejci made it in, Marchand, Bergeron as mentioned as before. But I really started paying attention when McAvoy made it in twenty sixteen. So um so this might be the the second like I guess other players have made it in uh to the World Juniors uh from the Bruins organization, but uh I, I am ex- it it does uh, it does seem like few and far between so it is a kind of cool to see if if Sonica can even make it um we'll see mm-hmm. um I mean I know that uh, Forsbaca Carlson and Trent Frederick didn't make it uh to, to their under twenties um so uh, I don't know um yeah anyways I think that's about it uh, we should wrap up. Um, yeah. I guess we'll know if Jackson makes the team by the next time we talk, um, which will be uh, the day when the World Junior starts. Um, like, uh, well, yeah, the, the day of the World
0: Junior starts is when the podcast is going to be released or actually yeah. going to be recording on Christmas Eve.
1: But we should, know, we should know if he made the team by Christmas Eve, right?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure the 23rd or the 24th is when the rosters are official. Okay.
1: So, uh, so I'm, maybe,
0: I'm, maybe we'll do like a world junior preview or something. I yeah, don't
1: know. we could. Um, I'll be, uh, so I'll be on, uh, I'm, I'm te- trying to temper my expectations cause there's a chance that he won't make the team, but I am hopeful he does. Um, yeah, so, uh, you can look at, uh, we're on Twitter or, uh, Facebook, which is probably where you found this podcast, um, through, uh, we also have a SoundCloud, as well as also probably how you know, heard about this, uh, this podcast. Uh, we're also on iTunes, so subscribe there. Um, yeah. Uh, that's about it. I'm Brett Dubuff.
0: I'm Steve Ellsworth. We'll talk again in episode 151 of the Lisa Up podcast.